What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome in, Hogline Nation. The NFL playoffs are upon us in just a few days. Super wild card weekend. Three days of what should be some very fun football. The regular season came to a finale last week, had many ups and downs, but here we are. We're in the playoffs. Both of our teams are in the playoffs, something we couldn't say last season, but, you know, they they may have gotten there in different fashions, but I think, you know, what a lot of very popular saying is your record is zero and zero at this point. So... 14 teams will compete for the chance for the Lombardi Trophy in just about a month. We're going to go through all the games here today and kind of share our thoughts, um, who we think is going to win, how the game, how we see it going. Um, The only thing I have to say before we get started is we will not be doing the Steelers-Bills game. We're going to have a separate episode for that matchup, and we're going to be bringing in uh, a Bills fan, Jake Matola. He has been on the the show a couple times, and he's going to share his thoughts on uh, the matchup when the Steelers take on the Bills on Sunday at one o'clock. But we're going to be talking about all the other games, all five of them, and uh, Shreff will give his pick on the Steelers Bills as well. Um, so we'll have a brief word on that game in this episode. Uh, actually, I lied. I have one more thing to say. Uh, I, I think we discussed this off air, uh, but how, how we're gonna, how many picks we're gonna be making each round? Did we talk about that on the episode, or did we? Or we were did we not, not recording that? So that was after. Okay. So, if uh, let me just provide a little bit more context for anyone who is new here. Uh, we pick. We have a a formerly known as lock of the week segment. Now it's sportsbook donation of the week in which all three of us picked two spreads in one total uh, for, for all 18 weeks. And the loser of that, whoever had the, the least amount correct, uh, has to do some sort of punishment. That will be Shreff for the second year in a row. Sorry to pile on. That sounded, that sounded very cocky and arrogant. I it's didn't just mean it to be. but It's just, just factual. Yeah. Okay. Glad you're not uh, offended by that. But Shreff will, be, <laughs> Shreff will be doing the punishment uh, this year. And but for the playoffs, uh, we the winner will be getting a a monetary prize from the three under two. So that is our competition here for the postseason. And what we decided to do is we're trying to figure out a, a, an even way between each round to kind of split up the pick. So one round's not weighted too heavily over the others. But for wild card weekend here, excuse me, super wild card weekend, not just wild card weekend. Is it? Uh, is that can we still call it that? Yes. Loses luster. Is it gonna is it, is it gonna be that forever now? I think so. I think they advertise it that way. Yeah. Okay. We will be picking either the spread or the total uh, for each of the six games. So for the wild super wild card weekend round, we will have six picks each. Uh, it will be the same for the divisional round. So either spread or total, and there will be four games in that round. So there'll be four picks in the divisional. For conference championship uh, uh, weekend, we have to do the spread and the total for both championship games plus one player prop. So there will be six picks in the championship round. And then for the Super Bowl, 
we have to do uh, the spread, the total. What do we decide? Two player props and one other. I think we had five for the Super Bowl. Does anyone recall? Um, I think it's just spread total and a prop. It was, it was two props. I think it's only four. It's only four and two props. I think we did agree on four at the end. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be six in the wild card, super wild card, uh, four in the divisional, six in the championship, and four in the Super Bowl. And there'll be 20 picks uh, for the totality of the playoffs. So that's how we're going to do it. And if anyone has anything to say before we get started, please say it now, or else we could get into the, uh, the first game of the weekend. Oh, I'm excited for this because I feel like we, because we do the, the Eagles and Steelers segments, we don't always get to like really talk about other teams like in depth besides like going into the season. So I'm excited to talk about the playoff teams. It's good. Yeah. Or or if we, if we pick them in the picks, but yeah, it it is rare where we get to, you know, solely focus on, on one particular game. That's not involving our teams. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, uh, if, if I get the spread or total incorrect, you guys are going to have to correct me because I, I wrote these notes earlier today. Uh, so if they have up. changed since then, um, yeah, please feel free to um, chime in. But the first game of the weekend is at Saturday at 4.30. We have the Cleveland Browns, who are the five seed, traveling to Houston, Texas to take on the Texans. And as it stands, as, as, I, as far as I know, it's uh, the Browns are two and a half point favorites. Is that still correct? Yep. Uh, yep. And the total is 44 and a half? Yep. Yep. Perfect. Okay. So, uh, first couple things I have written down here is, I, I went through the injury reports as of uh, Wednesday evening here and kind of scoured through them to see what the health standpoint from each te- of the playoff teams are. The Browns didn't, from what my estimation and my research, didn't seem to have uh, really any significant players hurt at the moment. I know Amari Cooper was inactive, I believe, the last two weeks. Because I think he was out week 17, and I assume they rested him for the finale. Just, yeah. yeah. So I think he, he's good. As far as I know, he's completely good. Right. And that's interesting, because the last that means the last time we saw him play was this Texans game. And that's when he had his monster performance of 200 and like 25, 50 yards, and then two touchdowns. So uh, that is certainly interesting. The the Texans are a little bit more banged up, but not super serious. Uh, I saw Will Anderson and Noah Brown did not practice yesterday due to an ankle injury for Anderson and a back injury for Brown. Um, something to monitor, perhaps, but I, I haven't, at least at this point, gotten any indication that they're in danger of missing the uh, the game on Saturday. Another interesting tidbit that I had is uh, Houston's been to the postseason eight times in franchise history, and they've played at the Saturday 4.30 slot on all eight for Wild Card Weekend. Isn't that something? It's their time slot. Yeah. It's just yeah I, they're, they're never like the marquee team. Like yeah. I, the highly coveted pri- slot. No? I, I feel yeah. like it, if like looking back over time, like I feel like a lot of the games they end up they end up playing against teams that also don't generate like markets. There was a Raiders game mixed in there, and like the I think the Raiders were starting like they might have been starting like Matt McGloin or something. I don't know who they started. They started someone that been starting a playoff game. They're they're always just involved in these ugly games. It feels like. 
Yeah, because that was the year that Derek Carr uh, had his best season of his career, and then he got hurt with like a game or two left. Um, so that was that year. And yeah, I just think, yeah, in general, the, the Texans haven't had great quarterback play. Uh, but that changes now because CJ Stroud is, is amazing. So I'm glad we're getting a, you know, a CJ Stroud playoff game this early. That's, that's a delight to see. I also thought it was great because I don't believe the Texans had any primetime games the entire season. And obviously uh, I saw, I saw uh, CJ Stroud, you know, up close and personal when uh, the Steelers played them earlier in the season. But for the most part, I haven't sat down and really watched a full Texans game up until last weekend when they played the Colts on a Saturday night. So uh, back-to-back weeks, he's a joy to watch. So that'll be fun. And the other other thing I'll say, the last thing I'll turn over to you guys is uh, I'm very glad that the spectacle of Deshaun Watson returning to Houston for the playoff game is going to be a side story. Uh, I mean, obviously they're still going to mention it. I feel like you, it'd be hard not to, but since he's not playing in the game, if he was, that would probably be all they talked about. And I'm glad that he's not going to be in the limelight because he's for obvious reasons. He's not playing. And also there's another quarterback returning to his former home. That, that is a much bigger story that I think is like, it makes Deshaun Watson's story very, who cares? Oh, right. In a different game. Yeah. yeah game. Another game. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's how I had, that's, that's the introductory notes I had for this one. Uh, right off the top of your head. Uh, what do you guys think of when, when you, when you knew this was going to be a matchup uh, here in wildcard weekend? I honestly didn't even like put it together. Like that wasn't even the first thing I thought of that Deshaun Watson going back because like he's mind, yeah. he's been like he's been like I feel like not a part of this team for almost this whole season. Um, and a large portion of last season too. I mean, he was suspended yeah. for two thirds of the year. So right, that is that is one of the crazy things about the Browns team is that like the the joy and like the the fun of this Flacco experience and just this like the defense the team in general is completely overshadowed the fact that they are in one of the worst quarterback situations of all time <laughs> yeah like that dude is making so much guaranteed money and not only is he hurt all the time but when he has played he just like hasn't looked good at all he's yeah got outplayed by Jacoby Brissett and Joe Flacco in back-to-back yeah. seasons yeah yeah, so that was certainly interesting. Flacco clearly is playing on another level right now that I didn't know that he had in his arsenal at this point in his career. So it'll be a lot of fun to see for for both for excuse me for all of these games. I wanted to kind of discuss and I, I for I phrase this as the path to victory. So for each team, what would kind of in your mind, you know, yield to them winning the game? You know, whether that's a player playing very well, a position group or other things, other aspects. Um, if you guys want me to go first, I have a couple things written down for each team. But sure. um, go. for Cleveland, for their path to victory, I kind of wrote down is we saw this play out three weeks ago. I mentioned a few minutes ago that these teams played in week 16. Situation. Yeah, but yeah, of course. I mean, CJ Stroud wasn't available. That's the that's the main factor. But uh, if if I'm if my memory serves me correctly, I think it was 36 to 22. Uh, the Browns won. It was in Houston, yep. and uh, the, the Houston secondary, as I prefaced it again a couple minutes ago, has had no answers for Amari Cooper. 
So I think feeding him, targeting him early and often is going to be a, is going to bode well for the Browns. And if they can play that game where Flacco is slinging it, I don't know if the Texans secondary specifically is able going to be able to keep up with Cooper and Najoku, who's really come on the scene the second half of the season. So that's how I see Cleveland kind of winning this game for Houston. You know, I, I, obvi- the obvious answer is CJ Stroud being available and playing the way he has. You know, he's only, I think, thrown five interceptions this entire season. So, you know, him just being himself gives them a much better chance, clearly. But I wrote down Devin Singletary. Uh, being effective running the ball. I, I looked at his first eight games. He averaged only 26.1 rush yards per game. In the last nine games, he averaged 76 rush yards per game. He's he just... Appears, poor guy. Yeah, I mean, he Singletary was a, pretty much like a non-factor the first half of the year. And then the second half, he's just been a very, very solid running back. So if he can produce... I know Cleveland's got a good defense, but I think Singletary will be the X factor and kind of the Texans dictating the game how they wanted to. So that's how I kind of see it for both teams. Uh, is there anyone else that I didn't mention that you guys think could play an important uh, factor in this game? I was, I was more going to re- just go to the Texans offensive line in general. I think um, I was doing a little bit of P- PFF just browsing around seeing if I could find anything fun, but uh, Texans team pop team pass blocking grade 19th in football this year. Browns pass rush first. Um, a big part of this Texans offense succeeding this year has been C.J. Stroud having enough time to make these plays. Obviously, some of his plays that he's made have been you know, evading pressure and making these throws, and I'm assuming we're going to be able to see that, but we know Miles Garrett is a different breed of athlete. Um, they are going to, uh, you know, and Jim Schwartz has never been one to uh, shy away from sending heat, and, you know, as good as Stroud's been this year, it is still a rookie quarterback playing his first playoff game. And I think Schwartz is going to try to, you know, exploit that a bit. So if the Texans offensive line can, I'm not saying completely negate the pass rush, because I think that's going to be impossible to do. But if they can, if they can give their quarterback enough chances to make throws, they, they, they very much have a chance to win this game. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I think as the year has progressed, I've definitely gotten uh, caught up in the CJ Stroud hype. Because, you know, myself and I think you guys as well were pretty anti-Stroud. And then, uh, you know, he's proved me completely wrong. So I'm all in on him. And then maybe I'm swinging too far the other way. But um, I like what you said. We do have to keep in mind this is still a a player that has not played in the postseason before. Rookie head coach as well. There's a lot of factors. Right. I mean, it's not like Stefanski has too much playoff experience. I think he's only no, he coached two yeah. games in the in the playoffs. But, but um, and yeah, Flacco like, obviously has a ton. But Stefanski only coached one. Correct. Yeah, yeah he he was not. Uh, he had COVID for that Steelers game. That's right. I forgot about that. Right. So he doesn't have a playoff win. True. Uh, Does he yeah. actually officially not get credit with that win with the, with the playoff win? I don't, I don't know how that works. That's a good question. Yeah, I'll have to look that up later. Uh, Jack, do you have anything to say? Yeah, I actually disagree with you, Mitchell. I think the Texans, if they're going to win, I think they're going to have to rely a lot more heavily on their passing game. Um, Singletary, you read his stats. You could say he's been a bright spot the second half of the season, but as a team, the Texans don't run the ball well at all. 
they're 23rd in the league in rushing yards per game. And the last three games, they're 28th in the league. Um, and that's Cleveland's strong suit. They have the best rush defense in terms of yardage. So, uh, and I uh, grant they have a good sec, like a good pass defense as well. Cleveland does, but I think that ranked like in terms of yards, 12th or 13th. So, um, that's what Texans are going to have to rely on. And lucky for them, that's the strong suit of their offense, clearly. Um, I guess I'll just lead right into my pick. I think the Texans are going to win. Sure. Um, huh? No, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I For those reasons, I and what you said too, I, I've, it's kind of hard not to buy into the Stroud hype. Uh, this season, and I think he will get it to upset and get it done. Um, well, yeah, upset. They're the underdogs. Uh, turning over to the uh, Brown side, maybe I'm just being a Flacco hater here, but I feel like if his current state which this may not even sound logical, but in his current situation in state, I feel like that week off isn't good for him. Like he was inserted into the lineup five weeks ago, I want to say. Sounds about right. His first game was a start was against the, uh, yeah, game and start was against the Rams. And he looked like people were, I guess, um, he exceeded expectations through this whole run, but especially in his first start, but he still wasn't great. I mean, Mitchell's, uh, or no, I don't think he said the score to that game, but they lost handedly. Like it was 36 19, if I remember incorrectly. Flacco completed like barely 50% of his passes, had two picks or one pick. He um, has thrown an interception, and I believe all of his starts. So I feel like we may get some of that, and Stroud is just going to outperform him outperform him significantly in my opinion so uh yeah i think they'll win and by that i will take them plus two and a half i feel like that's the trendy public pick though but i could be wrong eh. it's tough with these i don't know you gotta go with your heart man i go with your heart yeah they they, a lot of momentum for houston they just essentially playing a playoff game were they yeah, it was win or in, lose or out, probably. Uh, on the road in Indianapolis on Saturday night, and he shined, the Texans shined, so I, I think that'll continue this week in Cleveland. Okay. Uh, I want to have a score prediction for each game here, too, so if you can come up with a score as oh. well. Oh. Four to seven. Nice. Awesome. No. Uh, I'll say... Twenty-one thirteen. Okay. No, that's a lot. Twenty-one eighteen. It'll be a little closer. Okay. Uh, Shref, uh, if you want to share your official pick on on the side of the spread or the total, and then your score prediction, go ahead. Fair enough. Um, so with Jack, like the the first little thing I wrote down on this one is, uh, I'm scared to pick on the line. My gut says Browns, but I really don't want to bet against Stroud. Um, because I have watched enough of him this year to see that it it, it fe- I mean, and even in college, he proved it. It, it. it feels like as the lights get brighter, he gets better. So I struggle to bet against that a little bit. And 
there's a lot of like factors going around. So clean slate. We're gonna try again. I'm I'm taking the over. I'm gonna go over forty four and a half. Um, I I really like the Browns defense, and I do think that they're gonna be able to you know wreak some havoc. But I also really trust Bobby Slowick to have a good game plan coming in for this. Um, I know that it. It feels like I'm taking the cheese, and I might be because it was such a high-scoring game with Davis Mills playing. So the you know, the the easy brain thing to do is say, oh, well now C.J. Stroud's doing it, so now it'll be even better. And like, I want to believe that, but I'm also just I'm. This is truly what I I think it's going to be a high-scoring game simply because I think the Browns' offense with Flacco has been clicking. I think Jerome Ford's been a really nice piece for them. Um, with Nick Chubb going down, it felt like that was like their entire offense. And then as the season has gone on, they've Kind of, you know, Flacco obviously is a big part of this, but they've, you know, kind of unlocked the potential of a lot of these guys now. They're kind of humming. Uh, Njoku's been great. We know what Amari Cooper did last time against the Texans. And then on the flip side, I think Stroud's going to, you know, I think Browns are going to give him some trouble on the D-line. But I also, watching him play this year, he's not afraid of taking taking some hits, making the throws while he's getting hit. Um, I don't think he's going to have any fear. And I think he has an offensive coordinator that's going to be able to get the most out of them in a playoff game. So I think... I'm hoping for for the sake of football fans. I'm hoping I'm hoping it's an over. I think it's gonna be a fun game, but overall. So if I'm doing this, do you need me to pick who's winning the game too? If I'm doing my score, I mean it doesn't count for the, the our picks contest. But I just want to hear what you guys think in terms of uh, the score. So I do think the Browns win it. I think it'll be like a like a twenty seven twenty four type of situation. Okay. Yeah, so I have uh, I have the Texans winning, similar to Jack. I have uh, Texans twenty six, Browns twenty four. So I got the Texans pulling it out. And uh, if anyone doesn't recall, Shreff was one in ten when picking overs. So we just know this game is going to be seven to four, like Jack said. Hey, no, but hold on a minute. I believe it was you at the beginning of the show who said that how everyone likes to say when the playoffs begin, the record is zero and zero. Correct. Uh, I did say that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that should apply to to this as well. All right, I like the spirit. I like the enthusiasm. And 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 by the way, yes, yes, it will be seven to six. So I'm not, I'm not just kind of the fact that that it's going to happen, but in the spirit of the competition, that we're zero and zero right now. Okay. All right. Very well. So our next game here is the Saturday night game at eight fifteen. Uh, a lot of people upset that this game is exclusively on Peacock. And not on cable. So uh, that is something. The Mitchell, Dolphins. Do you have Peacock, Mitchell? I do. All right, good. I'm set. Yeah, we'll be set. Um, the Dolphins, the six seeded Dolphins, who had a chance to be the two seed if they had just won the regular season finale against the Bills. They did not. So as a result, they have to go on the road as the six seed to Bridget, Kansas City. Who is the three seed? And uh, again, I'm going to say the total and the spread. Kansas City minus four and the total 44 and a half. Is that still correct? Still correct. Okay, so same total as the uh, the game we just talked about. Chiefs are four point favorites. Uh, in terms of injuries, Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert missed Week 18. Uh, however, I believe from what I've read, they are likely to return for this playoff matchup. They were both limited participants in practice. Uh, I think I don't know if it was yesterday or today. Kansas City uh, really had no significant injuries listed on their injury report, so they are good to go on that front. 
I think the uh, the main storyline is Tyreek returning to Arrowhead. A lot of returns. Uh, for the, lot of returns. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if uh, you know you're, you're playing playing on the NFL scripted, you know, yeah. storyline, then I really I don't think it really could get much better than what what's what's in front of that. us this weekend. But uh, Tyreek Hill returns to Arrowhead. At least two, these two teams did play, but that game was in Germany. If you remember, uh, the the Chiefs won. They got out to a very early lead, commanding lead in the first half, and then Dolphins kind of made it close in the second, but Chiefs still won. Um, what do you guys got in this game? What's what's your first reaction? Uh, it's it's playoff football, so I like it, but also because it's like the uh, it's it, the Dolphins can't catch a break. <laughs> They get their play. I mean, it's kind of their fault because they had chances to, you know, end up in a better spot. But like the running joke with this team is they can't play in the cold, and now they're they're literally playing in like like pretty much below freezing temperatures now in their first. Like it it could not get worse for them at this point. That's my first takeaway. Is like, boy oh boy, they got <laughs> they got a rough setup here. Yeah, and going off the cold thing um, is according to Hard Rock Bet per what's his website even called sportskeeda.com Tua has played in four professional games with weather uh under 45 degrees which that's not even that cold his record in those games is 0 and 4 55% completion percentage only four touchdowns and five picks a passer rating of 71 not good yeah not, not good not great yeah and and I, I get what you mean, Shref, when you say can't catch a break in, in terms of no, the no, it, it, it's their fault. It's their fault. Yeah, it, it is a lot of self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the X's and O's, um, Kansas City's path to victory, which I had, is uh, I think they need a strong game from their secondary in terms of limiting and disrupting Tua's uh, short to intermediate reads, kind of like disrupting the timing. I, I, I can't remember what exactly the stat was. I think they said it on Sunday Night Football this past week, but Tua's passer rating when his release time is under a certain amount of seconds is like best That's in the league. Good. And then if it, if it gets past a certain amount, it's like the worst. Or it, I know I might be exaggerating that, but it's, uh, the numbers are pretty staggering. I just can't remember it right now. So I, I think if Kansas City can do that, I think that's pretty much Miami's only hope. Um, in terms of Miami's path to victory, I do think getting a good game from the run game, like Mostert and Achan, will be helpful to them. But it's all going to come down to I think if 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 Kansas City can uh, can stop them and disrupt their timing in that front. So, I mean, based on the numbers that Jack said, uh, when Tua plays in sub forty five degree weather, it looks like that may be the case. I have a similar stat that I found via uh, Bleacher Report betting on Twitter. Um, it's pretty much the same, except it's a Miami team stat. They are zero and ten straight up in games played in sub forty degree weather since twenty seventeen. So they, it's just they're, um, they're fitting in right into the stereotype that they can't play in yeah. the cold. Like it's all self. Like they're they're doing it to themselves because they. I don't think they can play in the cold. <laughs> can I? I can just go right in my pick because it, it. I feel like we're just setting up for the for. For where this is headed, it feels. Unless you guys are feeling bold, I'm. I'll start. I'm. I'm gonna take the Chiefs to cover the four. Uh, I was. I was sitting there like staring at it, 
and in my brain I was trying to think of so many so many ways that the Dolphins could do it like could could win this game and like not make me pick the Chiefs and want to take them like as as dogs and every time I would think of like a reasoning it's like oh like yeah Tyree Kale Jalen Waller like they should be able to utilize some speed and like you know the running game when it's when it's hot it's hot like you got it, it's a track team and then I think about it and I'm like they're playing in freezing cold weather like and like uh, this isn't even as like a, a joke about the Dolphins it, it's also just like simple that like I would assume speedy guys like that would probably prefer to play in warmer weather so you're a little I don't know like it feels like playing in the cold like I know these guys are athletes and they're you know they probably don't really feel the cold that much when the adrenaline's going but just from like a body perspective you know having a team that's built on strictly speed it just it it's hard to translate to colder football like this in Arrowhead. And, you know, I'm, I root for a team that has, that now has some experienced guys that have won a ring and gotten to a Super Bowl. Um, and I don't have that much confidence in them turning it around come playoff time. But if there is a head coach and a group of players that I trust can like, you know, put it on when they need to for playoff time, it's definitely the chiefs. Um, and I don't know, I, we, we've talked about it, but the Dolphins just, them losing these games at the end put them in pretty much the worst position possible, I think. So I, I'm, it's, I think they'll keep it close, but I, I would say like, a, I'll give it like a, like a 24-17 Chiefs win. Yeah, uh, allow me to jump in here real quick. Uh, I know it sounds... I don't know what the right word is, like corny, really, to like keep harping on the weather because at the end of the day, these are football players and this is their job. But I do legitimately think it will play a factor in the game. Yeah. But even if you throw that aside, I mean, it's not like the Dolphins are playing good football right now. Uh, and I don't know if this is like a Mike McDaniel thing or just like, I don't, just bad luck or, or whatever. I didn't even but... mention no edge rushers. They're down both, yeah, right. both pass they're, rushers. They're injured. Yeah. 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 And in last season, they started eight and three. They finished nine and eight. They limp into the playoffs and they lose in the first round. This year, they started off nine and three, and they finished eleven and six. They've lost three other past five, um, and one of them was to the Titans, who you know are not even close to playoff contention. Uh, got blown out by the Ravens, fifty-six to nineteen, and then they lose to the Bills with the the division on the line. So they really don't have much momentum at all, and. Uh, I also wanted to jump in because uh, my score prediction is pretty much exactly the same as Shreffs. I have 24-16 Dolphins. Uh, excuse me, 24-16 Chiefs. So I'll be going with the Chiefs minus four on this one. And uh, I believe if if we were doing locks, like we only had to pick one game, I think that might be yeah. my lock. So it, Yeah, it would have been very high up there for me, probably number one for me as well. Jack. What do you think? Are you gonna are you gonna negate this game, gonna or zag. are you going to uh, go in a different direction to potentially gain some ground on us? Uh, so my um, similar to you guys, the weather thing, uh, and you guys mentioned the speed running backs, and we talked about it before how the bigger bruising running backs get better as the weather gets colder, like Henry, Najee, for example. But these guys aren't that. Um, they're not that style of running back. This team is just all speed. And yeah, you guys said it. I'm concerned about the weather for them. And uh, my score prediction is similar. 20 to 14 Chiefs. 
however, all three of us have picked towards the under considerably, and I'm going with the under 44 and a half. Yeah. Um, we have, I have my concerns, and you, we harped on that the past couple of minutes of so the Dolphins' offense. Um, but the Chiefs like haven't looked like the good Chiefs either, and still have concerns with them too. Um, so yeah, I think. I mean, all all three score predictions that we gave were well under. Well, Streff was like forty-one total, but yeah, yeah. I, I I I feel good about this under. I don't see this being a track meet, which I feel like this score, this point total kind of uh, indicates. So, mm-hmm. okay, I respect it. Yeah, I mean, if I definitely, as my score prediction indicated, I would definitely lean the under as well. All right, so the next game, Sunday at 1 o'clock, it's the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Buffalo. We, as I said at the top of the show, we're going to be, Jack and I are going to be saving our thoughts uh, for the Bills Steelers preview, which will be released probably around the same time as this one. But, uh, Shriff, if you have a few words on this one and if you want to give your pick as well, um, feel free to. Yeah, uh, this is another game where it seems like weather is going to be a, a factor for sure. Um, from what I saw, you guys can, I don't know if you guys have looked at it. I, I saw, is it, is it just, is it going to be a wind problem? Yes. Uh, very much so. I think that it's projected it, it to be like freezing or are we just talking like crazy wind? Uh, mid to low twenties. So yeah. definitely cold, not as cold, cold as Kansas but not, city, but... but not like cold to the point where it might like it, it's the wind, the, the wind's the issue we're dealing with here. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know this, I mean, you guys also like, I mean, you guys, I'm sure, as fans, are absolutely thrilled to get in. Um, I feel like, as Steeler fans, you were probably praying that the Dolphins beat the Bills in that game. Th- not praying, but you, you would pr- certainly prefer to be playing the Dolphins right now, I'd imagine, right? Well, we would, we yep, would be I playing would. the Chiefs if the, if the oh, Dolphins right. won. Okay, that's a good point. But, but no, but I, going into the weekend, I was, it was a realistic possibility we could get the, the Dolphins. I really wanted the Dolphins over the Bills. Yeah. okay. He's probably sense. in between those. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, it, it'll be an interesting game. I mean, the Steelers are obviously already playing shorthanded with, with TJ Watt being out. Uh, that is a shame. I would have enjoyed seeing him try to wreak a little havoc with Josh Allen because Josh Allen's just like, I, I'm, I, I don't enjoy the whole, like, is he a good quarterback or not arguments anymore when it comes to the turnovers. It, it, I'm, I'm going, do I enjoy watching this guy play football? I, I love watching Josh Allen play football. He's so much fun to watch play football. It it gets it gets ridiculous, and I'm I'm a fan. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, boys. It, it, I'm I'm gonna take him to cover the big number. I'm I'm gonna take the Bills to cover the big number. Um, they're getting the home game. They're playing their best football at the right time. Um, the wind is obviously gonna you know it seems like is gonna be a factor. Um, I think having a guy like, I mean, James Cook that I will say about James Cook. I love James Cook. He does have some fumble issues. If I was going to have one concern coming into this game, it would be a, a very untimely fumble if we're in like a little bit of a closer game. Um, so if that happens, that, that would be great for you guys. Unfortunate for my bet here. Um, but I think having a, a, a running quarterback like Josh Allen is and being able to kind of utilize that part of the game, if you want to, if you decide you want to keep it on the ground, if the wind's that bad, but also at the same time, Josh Allen's also has the arm where I'd, I'd, I'd imagine he, he'd he be one who can kind of get it through the wind without too much resistance. Um, so, you know, home game, 
Bills Mafia is going to be showing up. Steelers are playing without their best player on the field. Um, Mason Rudolph has been playing, you know, the correct football to win football games for this team. He hasn't been like, you know, I mean, well, he had one game where he ended up with a pretty sick stat line, right? Yeah, he has 292 uh, touch, 17 and 27, 292 touchdowns against the Bengals. Yeah, that plays. That plays. But I, 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 I'd imagine with the way this Bills team is playing, he, he's going to have to play, I would think, a m- much more of a little bit of like a, you know, just don't, no turnovers. Because it, it, this feels like a game where the Bills offense, I think, is going gonna, is gonna to be able to, you know, work their way down the field at a, at a decently consistent rate. It's just going to come down to, you know, if the Steelers, if, if Rudolph comes out and plays a little stinky and a turnover, it, it feels like a game that, that could snowball a little bit. Um, if I had to give a score, maybe like a similar to like, nah, 24-10. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't believe I actually said what the spread was. I think I forgot to at oh, yeah, the, when nice. I first said this game. It's a uh, Bills minus ten, and the and the total, again, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, thirty six and a half. That is still correct. Okay, so yeah, definitely the lowest total on the uh, on the board here for this weekend, and the largest spread. So uh, Shreff has the Bills covering that ten, and uh, if you want to hear like Jack, I, I don't like that sorry, I just say ahead. this and then you guys don't, and, and then I don't. Get I know. It. Because you guys hey, are Jeff, talking you about gotta, it you got you got to listen. You got to listen to the episode. I just say it now. I just have to. I just have to sit. I just have to sit in it. Yeah, sit in it. <laughs> um. So yeah, Jack and I will share our thoughts uh, in the episode with Jake. So please uh, tune into that if you're interested. Um. But we'll keep the uh, the show moving along here. We're going to move on to the the Sunday at four thirty game. And this is the quintessential Sunday at 4.30 playoff football. We have the Green Bay Packers traveling to the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, the Packers come in at the seventh seed. They uh, finish the year on a two-game winning streak, uh, 9-8. and eight. And Dallas wins the NFC East. Um, and they are 7.5-point favorites over the Packers. And uh, the total is 50.5. So that is... Uh, that's this game. In terms of injuries, for Dallas, uh, the only really one I saw was Stefan Gilmore. He did not practice today due to a shoulder injury. And the only significant player I saw on Green Bay's injury report was A.J. Dillon. Um, and, and it appears that Jair Alexander didn't suffer any setbacks uh, from his injury. I, I, he played it in the, in the finale against the Bears. So it, it seems like he is good to go for this one. Uh, I think Mike McCarthy facing his former team is kind of cool. I kind of get why someone maybe wouldn't care too much just because, you know, he's been, what is this? Is this third season as Dallas's head coach? Yeah, third. Fourth. I don't know. It's it's either three or four. And these two teams have have changed so much since he was was, uh, coaching the Packers. So I can kind of get why someone wouldn't care too much. However, it's still kind of cool. I mean, I feel like there's got to be a lot of emotions uh, for him, especially because he had a lot of success with Green Bay, taking him and, and, and winning a Super Bowl. So uh, that'll be pretty cool. I, I think, actually, no, I'll wait to say this next part, but go ahead. If you guys have any uh, 
introductory comments or your your first thoughts on this matchup? Uh, yeah, I mean, Mitch, I'll start. We were um, we in the end, we were right about about Jordan Love and the Packers. We didn't we didn't quite get what we thought we were what we were hoping we would get with the division title there. But I mean, I like this has been an interesting year for like a, a coach of the year cycle because I think a lot of guys have different arguments. I think Lafleur definitely has an argument this season for sure. I mean, the offense you you that the entire core of this offense outside of obviously like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon being a little older, but these are all like like early twenties dudes, and he like over the course of the season just like got them sharper and sharper and sharper. And another team that is, I would say, playing their best football heading into the postseason. So it, it's good. Dallas uh, has kind of, you know, tripped up here and there with some weird ones. The Miami game uh, comes to mind. Uh, and then obviously, like, I, like, the weird thing with Dallas is that they've been dominant this year in a lot of, in a lot of games. But it feels like the, the two games that stick out the most with them are, are that Niners game early in the year and then that Bills game. Um and that's something that you know it's going to stick out until they until they prove people wrong on that. But at the same time, this this team is just like there's just so much talent like top to bottom all around there. And McCarthy has the offense you know humming. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm honestly I'm just excited to watch. I'm excited to watch the offenses. I think just as a whole, I'm excited to see how um, how Jordan Love looks against like not only his first playoff game but against like arguably the best defensive player in football with Mike. I know there's a lot of names that we could throw around, but he's certainly up there. Um, it, it's going to be a, a hard challenge for a rookie quarterback. Um, and, But it's also the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to get into here. Is If this game was played in the regular season, I think I'd be yeah. much, much more confident that the Cowboys are going to win. Uh, I still think they're going to win. I'll spoil that a little bit. I know that doesn't quite give away my, my who I lean to in the spread, but uh, it definitely makes me reconsider things. I mean, I don't know how it, how it can't, considering the his, history of Dallas over the past three decades. But um, in terms of how I think Dallas wins, I, I mean, if Dak keeps playing how he does, it's, it's really hard, in my opinion, to see the Cowboys losing. I I don't remember if I said this. I don't think I did say it on the show, but I think he really should have been MVP. I think he had a better year than Lamar Jackson personally. So if he continues playing like the MVP season he had, I I think it's going to be hard for them to lose this one. And uh, in terms of Green Bay, hopefully for their sake, Jair, Jair Alexander is like fully, fully healthy now. Now that he had another week and like I said, didn't appear to get any more injured. Um, he needs to bring his A game. I think that's the most important part for Green Bay. And I don't want to say like contain CD Lamb, but just limit him a little bit because uh, I, I, you really can't fully shut him down for the way he's playing this season. Like eight catches instead of fifteen catches or something like that. Yeah, I was gonna say like seven catches for eighty yards. Like yeah. if he can just hold him to that, I think that really improves Green Bay's chance of winning. Um. But yeah, Jack, what you, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, as someone who likes the Cowboys, I'm I'm kind of nervous. I think they're. I mean, I'm still in the uh, even though they had that playoff win against the Bucks last year, and this is kind of the mindset I had going into it. 
that I'm, I'm like I'm not gonna have faith in the Cowboys till they prove me otherwise. And they won that game, but a stinker in the next one, I guess, against the Niners. Uh, I'm kind of going in, even though they probably look even better this year. I, I'm still going in with that uh, mindset. Um, and I guess it's gonna lead right into my pick. Um, I think Cowboys gonna win. Um, I'm not confident in this spread, which is seven and a half. And I'm going to go with the under here. It's 50 and a half. Um, I feel like a lot of people are going to be on the over with how good. I mean, the Cowboys are, are first in scoring offense. Uh, and the Packers, I mean, Jordan Love has looked great. And he's uh, gaining a lot of, I don't know, support and momentum. Like people are buying into Jordan Love. And I, I do too. I, I, I think he's good and going to be even better um, going forward. But. In this game, I think that, well, reason being for the Cowboys to uh, not be as prolific on offense as they have been, reason one, which I just referenced, they're the Cowboys in the playoffs, so uh, factoring that in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Packers' defense, I was just looking at the numbers, and with how much back, like, how mad Packers fans are at, are at at their defensive coordinator Joe Barry for this whole season. Um, they're tenth in points of like they're top ten in points allowed on defense, and Cowboys are up there too defensively. So, uh, also Packers are a very young. I think they're are they the youngest team or offense? Uh, they're a very young team. Obviously, Jordan Love is his first, almost like his rookie sure. year. Yeah, they have a lot of young skill position or wide receivers too. Um, I feel like that could bode for bode for some uh, sloppy offense. But I mean, this game could still be twenty seven twenty three in the under hits, so uh, it's pretty high. And I I, I imagine the public is going to be big on the uh, the over here. So yeah, I could see this game being a. Uh, a little bit of a letdown if we're hoping for a true shootout, but I mean, twenty-seven, twenty-three—that's a pretty high-scoring game as as is. So, okay, Treff, uh, what is your pick and uh, score prediction? Yeah, uh, I like. I mean, I don't know if this makes you feel, actually. This this should make you feel okay at least. But I I did like the under. Um, but I also like this, and I was thinking about the under, but since Jack took it, I am going to pivot a little bit, even though I like this one as well. I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover. I don't like doing it. I'm not a fan of doing it. Um, I know it's the the whole Cowboys playoffs thing, but that that narrative doesn't always, I mean, at least recently, it, it hasn't really started. I'm waiting for that Niners game pretty much when it comes to Dallas. So, like, I to me, this feels like a spot where they're going to do what they've been doing this season. And I'm not saying that Green Bay is a bad football team because some of these blowouts that the Cowboys have had have been a bad football team. But it feels like there's there's just there's certain styles of football that just give them nightmares. Like I think about that the Bills game with James Cook and how he just ran all over them the entire night. Uh, the Packers' run game has been getting better as the season's gone along. Aaron Jones and Dylan is a nice one-two punch. But, I mean, this is an offense that has definitely let Jordan Love, like, throw the football as like at a pretty pretty decent rate. It, it feels like, at least. I don't have numbers to back this up. I could be completely wrong. But 
with all that being said, uh, I, I really do think that the the youth of this offense is maybe going to get a little overwhelmed. Uh, I feel like Micah's going to, you know, have a Micah, a Micah-esque game. And on the offensive side of the ball, Dak is playing just clean football, just clean the whole season. Um, I had the Dak MVP bet, Mitchell, so I was certainly on the same page as you. Um, it, like I said at the beginning, like the, the Bills game and the Niners game are the two games that like really stick out to people. And I know part of that maybe is just because it's the Cowboys and they want to look at those points. Um, so maybe that's part of it. But those two games, I think like it's a narrative-based award. It always is. Um, but with all that being said, I think the offense is going to be able to play turnover-free football, move the ball up the field. And I think the youth of the Packers offense is maybe going to, is maybe going to show its teeth a little bit in the playoff game. And it's in Jerry world. If it was in Lambeau, whole, whole different story. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, my final notes here on this one is Dak Prescott two and four straight up in the uh, playoff games. Mm-hmm. Green Bay. Also, we, we mentioned how, how they had the momentum. They've won six out of their past eight games. They've won, uh, has it been three in a row? Or two? Oh, it has been three in a row. Yes, yeah. I think I said two earlier. Uh, and I've, I mean, they've essentially been in playoff mode for the past like month almost. So uh, I don't know if you guys could infer based on what I said earlier, but I'm actually going to be taking the Packers plus seven and a half. And uh, I, my score prediction is... a fun is, game for us then. Yeah, this, this is the first one where we have all three different picks. So... That is a. Uh, I like that. I have the Cowboys winning though, thirty to twenty-seven. Oh, I didn't give my pick. I didn't think about that. Uh, I I I was gonna. I'll go thirty twenty. One, one okay. last touchdown for me. Yeah, I think this will be a fun one. I hope All it right. is. Like like for my for my for my mental sake, I would certainly be thrilled to lose this bet, and more I hope than so lose too. It, but lose it on the complete other side. Because I'm going to be anxiety riddled uh, for the three hours before this game. So yeah, you need hopefully, uh, to come down. Yeah. All right. So, our final game of the Sunday slate, we have the Los Angeles Rams traveling yeah. to the three seeded Detroit Lions, where the Lions so are three, three point favorites. And the total is still 51 and a half. Uh, yes. Okay. First note I have here, uh, other than TJ Watt and potentially AJ Brown, which we'll t- we'll talk to talk about in a couple minutes. Not talk to that'd be pretty cool if we got to talk to him. But um, anyway, Sam Laporta suffered a knee injury in the regular season finale. Uh, that's I feel like a pretty significant injury. I think it's pretty unlikely that he plays in this one. So hopefully for their sake, he can come back in the in the divisional round if if they advance. Rams have two defenders, uh, linebacker Troy Reader and safety Jordan Fuller on the injury report with a with a knee and ankle injury. And uh, they're day-to-day, according to Sean McVay. So we'll see if they're available in this one. Um, so nothing, no one too significant, but still some... I think Fuller's a starter and Reader's a rotational guy. So it'd be nice to have them for their sake. What I want to say is, obviously, everyone's going to be talking about Matthew Stafford. Uh, returning to Detroit Lions and, you know, looking to spoil the Super Bowl aspirations of, of the dear Detroit Lion fans. I definitely don't, I don't want to, and that's very cool. 
and it's uh, going to be great watching that and, and everything. But I, I don't want it to get lost on people that Jared Goff is pretty much facing. I know he's not going to L.A., but he's also facing his former team. Yeah. And he was an equal part of that trade. And, and my thoughts on that are pretty interesting because I, I think, you know, Jared Goff throughout the two and a half, three years that he's been a lion has said all the right things. He's, uh, you know, said how, I don't know, he's just been very professional and everything and handled it very well. But I feel like at some level deep inside of him, I feel like he has to like be like yearning for a chance to beat his former team. Like he was an afterthought in that trade, you know, just by the compensation of that trade, it it made it seem like the the Rams didn't really think he had much in him and he kind of reached the ceiling after getting to a Super Bowl. Yeah, after getting to a Super Bowl um, and then having the Rams win the Super Bowl the year after the trade, that's got to be tough to take as a, as a competitor and a, and a professional athlete. So I'm sure, you know, he's not going to like show it because he's not that type of guy and not that type of player. But I'm sure if he wins this game, he's got to like feel really good for his ego. And right I think that started recording, Mitchell, I got an alert saying Lions quarterback Joe Flacco says the chip on his shoulder from being traded by the Rams will never leave. He told ESPN, I think it'll never leave me. I think that's a good thing. OK, well, I don't know who Lions quarterback Joe Flacco is, but I know who Lions quarterback Jared Goff is. I say Joe Flacco. That's crazy. You, you so, did. <laughs> so, Jack, that actually like that actually reminds me like who you you love revenge games so much. Who's revenge? I do. Games? Who, who's like. It it's got to be a golf revenge game, right? It can't be a staff. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely more golf. Yeah, like right. he, Mitchell, you said he was an equal part of this trade. I in my perspective, like he's he's a lesser part of this trade. Like in terms of like how he was valued, like, it was golf plus three picks for Stafford. Oh, so I, I didn't. I get what you mean. I, yes, yeah, but yeah, yeah. he, he uh, in, to answer Shreff's question, this is like far more uh, revenge for him. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I, I, just to clarify, I think I, you know what I, I was getting at, but I didn't mean in terms of compensation. I just meant like he was literally another starting quarterback involved in the trade. That's what yeah. I meant. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of highlight that as well because I feel like everyone's going to be talking about Stafford, but I don't know. I think the Jared Goff aspect is kind of, uh, in my opinion, you know, the, the Stafford's kind of like it's kind of, you know, sunshine, not sunshine and rainbows, but like it's kind of more of an emotional, rosy type of return but golf could like i don't know I, it, it's weird to say because he's not really that type of guy that like will you know talk a lot of trash and like be like showboaty if he wins but i feel like at some level like when he goes home at night he's just gonna be like yeah like yeah i'm the man like that type of thing if he ends up winning so um so yeah i think that that's certainly something to, to look at as well the Lions' path to victory, I think uh, it's going to be important for them to control time of possession and the line of scrimmage. Gibbs and Montgomery have been like a top three running back duo pretty much the entire season. And I think they're going to have to have the type of game that they've been having for the majority of this season. And uh, on the flip side, I mean, I think containing Kyron Williams is going to be huge. He's He actually has more yards per game than McCaffrey. Yeah, it's crazy. He's That's so wild. Good. Yeah, so I think if, if they can win the battle at the line of scrimmage, I think that's going to be big for Detroit. And in terms of the Rams, I mean, the Lions' pass defense isn't very good. 
They're 27th in the league, and they let up 247 and a half yards per game through the air. So, you know, if Cooper Cup and Nakua can run wild, and uh, they can kind of turn this into a, a high-scoring affair, I think that'll lend itself well for uh, the Rams. What do you guys think? Anything in terms of the X's and O's in terms of uh, on-the-field storylines? I feel like we talked a lot about the off-the-field for this one. but uh, Rams receivers versus Lions secondary. That's what I will be interested to see. Um, Puka is like unreal. <laughs> like he's, he's so good. Like it's, I, I don't, it's definitely not like you can't look at numbers like that and like say like, Oh, rookie, like, I don't know, rookie luck. Like we'll see what happens. Next. Like, no, this, this dude's just good. And he's in the perfect spot with McVay. Um, and he's also learning from Cooper cup, uh, who in his own right is still very, very good. Uh, the Lions against the run, if I was looking correctly, I think they've actually been half pretty good against the run. And on PFF, they are fifth in rush defense this year. Um, the Rams are seventh. So it actually is a good matchup for both teams in terms of the rushing game. We'll have to see who, who comes out on top there. Um, but I'm definitely more, I'm most interested to see how the Lions secondary can try to contain Puka and Cup because that's a situation that I feel like if, if left untreated could get ugly quick. May I go? I yeah. go um, glad you brought that up, Shref. I figure uh, <laughs> this is the trend here for how we're going here, and I'm, I'm just going to lead right into my pick. Um, the I, I kind of view the whole run game on both sides as canceling out. Um, both run defenses are similar, and I think both rushing attacks are similar in terms of production. Um, and personnel, so that'll uh, theoretically that's I think that's going to cancel out, and that leaves the the passing game. The Lions' pass defense is worse than the Rams' pass defense, um, by a little bit, and uh, the Lions are going to be without. Well, I expect I thought he expected him going to be out. He's gonna be really limited if he's in, if he if he's active, but Sam Laporta uh, missing this game potentially is gonna be huge. So uh, I'm gonna go Rams. Makes me a little nervous. I think that's gonna be the public pick, but I'm gonna go Rams to win. So Rams plus three is my uh, my pick. Wait, I, I was looking at where the public lands on uh, this per fan duel. Fifty nine percent of the money's on LA and fifty one okay about of the spread of the bets are on LA. So it's not that overwhelming. Uh I'll piggyback because I'm I'm picking the same exact thing. Uh no that kind of hit everything that I like I the the Lions secondary worries me in this game a lot. Um I think McVeigh's gonna come in with a plan for Stafford to just rip that thing all around the field. Um, and obviously having Kyron Williams to hopefully establish some form of a rushing attack, that game is going to help. Um, but I, I, I really do think this game is going to be one through the air. And uh, just on top of, you know, X's and O's and player versus player, like the most Lions thing ever is for them to lose this game. It, it feels like destiny. Does it not? Like, I, I know it's like a, a new... 
this is the new lines this isn't the old lines but i feel like before the season started we, we talked about like the chargers and teams like that who are just like destined to always like have not fun things happen to them i feel like the lions are one of those teams Mitchie, oh, he's muted. Uh, no, I agree with you in terms of the. Uh, yeah. th- whenever it was a. Uh, um. When was it? Was it beginning of during our uh, preseason? Yeah, breakdown it was one of our predictions. We I, I we listed the teams, teams that are just cursed. cursed. Yeah, Cowboys were one. I think Chargers were one. I forget if the Lions got thrown in there or not. I don't think they did. The Browns and Jets had to have been in there, I think. Probably. But like the Lions had two of their best players ever retired like in the primary. Way too early. Um you had you had you had like your one shining star, Matthew Stafford. You trade him away. He wins a Super Bowl directly after. Right. Like I understand like, the, the first yeah, the first this year Lions was, team. Right? What? It was the first year he was gone and he won, right? Yes. Yeah. It was yeah. right away. It was right away. Um like on paper, this Lions team is definitely better, but it's the Lions, Jack. It's the Lions. Yeah, and well, I guess they looked good last week, but that Cowboys game feels like it was a really deflating loss. And I mean, the Laporta thing, I think, is huge. He's fantastic. So, yeah, yeah. Which and that—that's one of those things too, where like I, I love, I love Dan Campbell with with all of my heart. But there's times where his the type of personality that he has goes a little too far, and I think Sam Laporta, I, and I think those guys playing in that game that late is like one of those times where it's like, dude, like just just calm down for a second, just right. one second. <laughs> yeah, just one second. Yeah, his energy's just, great, but it's, it doing. could be a little too like. I mean, we saw it with the uh, two point thing. Like it yeah, could be a, like, a little too reckless. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, you you got the division locked up. So, at that point, they were technically playing for the two seed if Dallas and Philly both lost. But at the same time, like, you're getting the home playoff game either way. So, it's like, I don't know, dude. Like, like what are you really playing for that week? And now, I mean, you see what happens now. Right. Um, Mitchell had to step aside briefly. Should we... Do I just go just start with the Eagles? I guess. Yeah, we can do that. Did did he give his pick for the? Uh, I don't think so. But I, I guess we'll because I was giving my pick. We'll just come back to it whenever he he's yeah. back. We'll be back shortly. But you can uh, lead off with the uh, Eagles. As we all know, they travel down to Tampa. They are favorites, despite a uh, bit of a skid in December, as we all know. They're minus two and a half, right? Against the no, they're minus three against the Bucks. Yeah, minus three. Point total is forty three and a half. That it is. Um, I referenced it before, and I feel like I can really relate to your in what you're, what you're feeling right now. That this this just feels like the twenty twenty Steelers, um, limping into the playoffs. Like you should be happy at an eleven win season, but you're not. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know. Just uh, the floor is yours, Shref. Thoughts on thoughts on this game and and everything. Well, I was going to say Mitchell. Mitchell stepping aside 
incidentally just gave me a opportunity to do it to do an Eagles round of the week. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I I said before we started recording that I was actually excited to pick games because it made it so that I could spend less time on the Eagles as a whole. But now that I've been given this this floor, I have I have thoughts that are that are coming to my mind. Um, have at it. You know, I'm 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 just like I'm just over it. I'm just over it. Like I'm just <laughs> over it. Uh, I think the I think the quote that like finally sealed it for me that, that like there's been a, this last these last like six weeks have just been an absolute nightmare. Um, but the the quote that really sealed it for me I think was Dallas Goddard after the game said something along the lines of like it was like uh, you know we've we've just been waiting for the playoffs like we've just been waiting for the playoffs uh, and it's like all right so on one hand like depending on like there's two ways you can take it and both of them are bad like both of the, both of them are bad to this quote like if that's if that's your mindset oh we're waiting for the playoffs that's a crazy mindset to have as an NFL player like just yeah just like blanking out for the last like three games of the year that's that's a crazy like very much in contention for the one seed the entire way through like that's that's wild to me if that's what you're saying on the flip side if what you're saying is just wait for the playoffs like here here we come if if, if these guys put up an egg oh, i swear to god cuz it's been like six straight weeks of them you know, just in the media. And I, I understand that like, there's only so much you can say, like, I understand that it's, it, they're frustrated too. Everyone's frustrated, but the, the answer is like the whole, like, we're just not executing. Like there's no execution. I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching these games and I'm watching, I'm watching replays of the game and I'm watching film of the game after there is, there is a clear lack in coaching ability, like across this entire team across this entire team. I'm not even just talking about Sirianni, like the, the, like the offensive coordinator, the defense, everyone involved. Like there is just a clear lack of ability. Like I, I watched, I mean, I've watched every single game this year, but especially the, these last, like down the back half for both sides of the ball, I've seen an offense that cannot, does not come up with answers to anything that the defense provides. It feels like the Eagles go into a game at these last pretty much most of this whole season, but definitely towards the end. Like they they go into these games with like visions in their head of like the perfect game plan. They go out there, they execute that game plan. As soon as that game plan gets thrown off, it there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. There's no answers. And it depends on the game this year. There's been times where they've, you know, they've looked good throughout parts of the game and then they slow down. And then the Giants game, for example, the plan that they came in with didn't work from the jump from the absolute jump and part of that game plan that it doesn't seem like they prepared for was wink martindale blitzing who would have thought that wink martindale would send blitzes jack (laughs) would you have guessed it no would you have guessed it i would have had no idea i would have never thought that wink martindale would ever send a blitz it doesn't seem like they were ready for it um there i this isn't all i i am going to give something to jalen hurts like he, it's been the whole season. He does, he has this tendency to go deer in headlights and scramble the outside immediately. There's no thought to move up. It happens throughout. There's 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 drives where he decides that he wants to step up, and when he does, it looks so pretty. And then throughout the entire game, there's just drives where he decides he doesn't want to do that. He's going to scramble. But on the flip side of that, if that's what your quarterback likes to do, I'm not saying it's a good thing to do, but it's if that's the thing he likes to do, then can we please have some routes where these guys are actually turning around like before 15 yards down the field? I mean, there, there, there are clips where Jalen Hurts is, is, is looking in the pocket. By the time he has to make a move because there's pressure coming, there is not a single receiver that is turned around looking at the football. Not a single one. 
And it's it just there there are so many flaws to these schemes on defense. I'm watching Eagles players like run into each other because they're both going for the same guy as another guy is wide open on the other side of the field. Like there's just there's just miscommunication, like just like day one stuff. And I, I, I I'll ask you this, Jack. Um, outside of the Carolina Panthers, the last let's say like five four or five weeks of the regular season. Were the Eagles the second worst team in football? <laughs> and like I'm like they in like almost every defensive met metric they were dead last. And by the end of the year the offense like couldn't sustain a drive. So it's like they were, they were really yeah. bad. I mean it has been you really lose bad. To Arizona, you lose to New York, you lose to Drew Locke and the Seahawks, and you and you almost lose to New York twice. Probably should have lost to New York twice. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't get worse than that. That's just, that's just bad. a bad football game. That's just bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess before I'm, I don't know when Mitchell will be back, but then I, we can go into this part too. Um, the some of the some of the coaching names that are becoming available in this in this cycle <laughs> are yeah. really lighting the fuel to this to this fire, <laughs> right? On the Sirianni situation. I, I said it, I was actually talking to my mom about it, out of all people, but I said like, and whatever, if you, if you want to say I'm a, I'm, I'm a bad fan for talking this way, then, then so be it. If they're going to lose this game, I hope they get blown out. If they lose this game, I hope they get blown out because I, like, I, I don't know if a close loss is going to be enough to like yeah. open the front office's eyes to what's going on here. And like, it would be one thing if the Eagles were like putting up a fight in these games leading into the playoffs and like, you know, just getting unlucky here and there you're getting, fl- they're getting flat out beat. And like the giants game, it's it, like, I, I saw someone say this, like, have you ever seen a, a time when like the starters are in and um, for whatever reason, they all get pulled out. Like, I don't think I've ever seen it where the starters get pulled out while getting their, their butts kicked. <laughs> <laughs> Like they were getting their butts kicked, and then yeah. Sirianni finally decided, like, all right, the playoffs are next week. I think it's time. I think it's time to sit these guys. Like they were, it's weird. They That's were kind of directionless. Yeah. Like this. Like I, I understand. We can talk about Sirianni's overall record. We can talk about the record this season. Your record is what it says it is. All that fun stuff. But if you're actually like, if you're watching these games, like snap by snap, game by game, it. This is a team that either like is just not on the same page altogether or has lost faith in what's being taught in there. And either way, it's a poor reflection on the head coach. And for a GM like Howie Roseman, who's made it very clear time and time again that he he expects to be legitimate contenders year after year, they felt like with this new Jalen Hurts deal that that was going to be part of it, of like, hey, we have our guy. We expect to be here like year in, year out. The The head coach needs to be able to like – keep the ship in the right direction throughout the bumps that come and like it's the nfl you, you're you're gonna lose games like you're gonna go through skids this is more than a skid it feels like a, a coach that like truly has lost like the moxie in the locker room just in general like it, yeah it, and i i wonder like what you brought up very briefly like if they get blown like how much does mike Vrabel being on the open market is gonna affect uh, whether Sirianni or like coaches like him that are like maybe like on the border of like on the hot seat or not, like 
how much is is Vrabel being available going to push that push that needle of them doing yeah, it? That, you know that that's where it gets interesting because that because that's also part of it too. Is like as much as I would love like a, a genius like young play caller as a head coach, um, part of my issue with Sirianni is he just he doesn't feel like a guy to me that can like get guys on the same page and like weather the storm with guys. And Vrabel, yeah. that, I mean, that's exactly what that guy is. He's a so culture like, guy, yeah. It's more, I'm more th- like, it's more coming from a personality standpoint than it is X's and O's. But the X's and O's are really pissing me off. Hey, Mitchell, um, <laughs> we were saying when you left that you leaving actually gave me, uh, incidentally, a chance to do an Eagles rant of the week. So that, so that's what's been going on. <laughs> I did hear uh, hear it intermittently, so I did hear some yeah. of it. Um, but, but yeah, it, it it didn't get better from the last time we recorded. No, no, no um, it didn't. It did not. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So, thanks so for providing a, that. Ear yeah. Real. So we didn't um, even we didn't even make picks in that game yet. So if if you just want to go back to your Rams Lions pick, and then we can just go into the Eagles picks. Sure. Uh, I'm going the opposite of you guys. I'm going with the uh, the Lions minus three. Uh, and uh, I have the Lions winning twenty nine to nineteen. Hmm. Uh, in terms I, of the Eagles game, I didn't give a score. Jo- oh, okay. If you want to, go ahead. I was going to say like thirty twenty seven Rams. I think it'll be it'll be close. I hope it'll be close, but it'll, it'll be close. Okay. It, from from what I caught uh, in terms of when you guys were talking about the Eagles, it didn't sound like you guys actually talked about the actual game. No, um, not at all. Really? I gave so, my rant, and I, I gave my rant, and then we can get into the game now. I figured. Sure. Uh, in terms of the injuries, I mean, other than TJ Watt going down, I feel like the most valuable player potentially not playing for Wild Card Weekend is AJ Brown. Jeff, mm-hmm. uh, what do you know about his status? It seems like he's truly iffy to play. Yeah, I, that's that's the. Un- I wish I had a more concrete answer for you, but that is the problem: is that they're they're keeping it. It feels like one of those injuries where he's probably going to play. He's definitely not going to be 100%, and they're probably going to wait till like the last hour before they announce that he's active. That's what it feels like to me. Okay. Now, what about Devontae Smith, who did miss the uh, the Week 18 contest with an ankle injury? Is, is his status more optimistic, one, or, or believe, is it kind of the same? That one, I believe, is better. If I'm not mistaken, I can make sure, but I'm pretty sure he's like pretty much all systems go, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, that's good. That's good for you guys. Uh, the other thing I had is a- Sidney Brown towards ACL, correct? Uh, yeah, he's done, done. And it, 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 he was, he's been up and down in my. I, I loved him out of the draft, and I still do love him because he he plays with his hair on fire. But the problem is, playing with his hair on fire gets him gets gets him burnt like kind of too frequently for my liking. Um, but at the same time, like in a secondary that like just needs bodies, it's not ideal that one of their bodies is not there. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm going to say. Even though you really have struggled on the back end for the defense, it, it's still not good. I mean, you're just down one get, more person. It doesn't make it so. better to use a different person, like a, a, a worse person <laughs> playing. Yeah. Um, and more unfortunate news, well, you don't want to root for injuries, but in terms of uh, the game, the Bucks don't seem to really have anyone uh, of, of significance hurt. So, Well, I... Have they like it, Baker's like completely fine? Like there's no, there's nothing lingering from the because didn't he? He got a little banged up, didn't he? 
in that in that Panthers game? I'm trying to remember. Mm, I don't know. I was watching Red Zone, so I, I don't know for certain. I, don't know. I, I, I I might just be. I don't even know if I'm being hopeful. I don't know what I'm doing. No direction, Mitchell. Um, in terms of my keys to victory, I, I have so AJ Brown could be out even if he does play. Probably will be very limited. Devontae Smith. You know, probably will play, but still also could be limited in his own right. I wrote down that the Eagles probably have to rely on their run game, even though that Tampa's run defense is really a lot better than their pass defense. Yeah, so the offensive line should like they. Ah, that, that's why that's where I get frustrated. Yeah. So, in in terms of if the Eagles were to win this game, I, I think they would need like one fifty plus on the ground from from as a team. Don't know if that's realistic, but I feel like. If they dominate the run game, kind of get back to their roots, uh, I, I think. I mean, that may fall on deaf ears because, you know, it, you know, it sounds dumb to say like, why wouldn't they try to establish, like, do that to fix all this mess? But um, that is one factor I think could be a, very important. And for the Bucks, I think it's pretty simple: just picking apart a weak secondary and uh, leaning into their. Their, their strengths, which is Mike Evans. So there's that. Um, do you guys have anything to say in terms of X's and O's other than we talked about the injuries a little bit um, in terms of this one? I mean, you said the, the weak secondary of the Eagles right there, but I want I, what stuck out to me looking into some numbers there, the last three games, the Eagles had the 28th, uh, well, 28th best, what would be fourth worst rush defense. Uh, it's all the yardage allowed, and the Bucks, particularly Rashad White, he doesn't run efficiently. He only averaged three point six yards per carry, but they're committed to him. <laughs> he, he has he's third in the league in attempts. So I mean, if they just keep handing the ball off to him, which is something I like to do, um, I don't know. It could go well for them. And then plus, I mean, Mike Evans is I feel like having a career year too, like. And Baker Mayfield is like not bad, and uh, here I am leading to my pick. But the um, I'm getting, as I said at the top of this, I am getting 2020 Steelers vibe here, and coincidentally, the opposing quarterback is Baker Mayfield in this playoff game. I'm gonna take the Bills plus Bills Bucks plus three. Take Joe Flacco and the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> all the fellas, all the stars are here. Uh, Sheref, do you have any last hope? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> no. The one, the, the one, like, the, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna send, uh, you know, a, a life raft out to someone and say, like, please, please save me. Please, I'm right here. It, it's gonna be Darius Slay. He's coming back. The secondary stinks. Darius Slay hasn't even been that good. He's been hurt. But maybe, maybe, maybe one time for one night, Darius Slay will show up and, you know, actually live up to the nickname that he, I think, gave himself. Um, with that being said, I'm a fan through and through. I go down with the ship. Eagles minus three. <laughs> there's no, there's no logic behind it. There's no reasoning behind it, but I was looking at the total, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm like, I, I like, I could see the Eagles go out and score ten points, and I could also, you know, 
see them go out and score 30 and then the Bucks score 45. It, it could go either way. I really don't know. Um, and I can't, and I can't pick the bucks. So I'm, I'm going down with the ship. I, if it ends up being a, you know, being a, a red mark on my record, then so be it, but I'll, I'll go down with the ship. Yeah. Um, picking, picking against your team is just like a no go. So, I mean, I feel your options were either the total or the Eagles. So, um, there you go. I, I'm going with the Eagles minus three as well. And I felt, I felt a little bit, I felt, I felt okay about it until now, but now this is a fan talking who has no life or hope left in him. So don't take my words with a grain of salt when it comes to your, your decision-making. Great. That inspires so much confidence. You're welcome. I have the Eagles. A lot of, a lot of money and percent of bets on the Eagles. That's surprising to me. Me too. It's I thought the Bucks would be the pick. That feels like something. Yeah. That, that feels like something that could change late, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's it's such a dumb pick right now that maybe it's the smartest pick in the world. You know. Sometimes that's how you have to think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Eagles twenty five, Bucks twenty. Oh yeah. The, I don't know. Eagles. Eagles twenty eight. Eagles twenty eight, Bucks twenty four, and the Bucks and Baker Mayfield throws an incompletion from like the eight yard line on the final play of the game. That's oddly specific. I it, I I feel like it's happened seven times this year with the Eagles, where it's come down to either the Eagles with with one final like throw, or the opposing team in the red zone, like the Patriots game, Dallas game, Bills in the overtime game. Giants in the first game. There's so many where it's like one final throw. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it happens. Monday Night Football, and uh, yeah, it, it'll be certainly one to watch. Yeah. See if the Eagles I'm, have any life in Monday. You can't make me wait till Monday after the way this team has has played. You can't make me wait till Monday. Well, they did so. All right, let's uh, recap all of our picks here. Uh, starting with the Browns Texans, I had Houston plus two and a half. Jack also had Houston plus two and a half, and Treff took the over forty four and a half. For the uh, Dolphins Chiefs game, I picked the Chiefs minus four. Jack picked the under forty four and a half, and Treff uh, is in agreement with me with the Chiefs minus four. For the Steelers Bills, Jack and my pick will be uh, to be determined. You'll have to tune into the other episode to hear that one. And Shreff picked the Bills to cover the 10 for the Packers-Cowboys game. I had the Packers plus 7.5. Jack had the under 50.5. And, and Shreff took the Cowboys minus 7.5. I think that still remained as our only game with three different picks. Yes. And for the Rams-Lions, Jack and Shreff both picked the Rams to cover three. And I picked the, uh, the Lions to cover the three points in the victory. And then the last game we just talked about, Shreff and I took the Eagles minus three, and Jack took the Bucks plus three. And I'm still perplexed that the public is on the Eagles, but certainly something to monitor over the course of the next couple of days leading up to the uh, the games. That's super that's super wild card weekend, folks. That is our preview. Uh, kind of sad that we only have what. 
13, the 13 games left. Six wild cards, yeah, uh, four divisional, two conference championship, and a Super Bowl. Yeah. So let's let's savor every minute, every play, and uh, yeah, maybe. No, I can't even say that with a straight face. So maybe I said maybe we'll get an all filled, uh, all Pennsylvania Super Bowl, but that's we don't. Well, no, that's not happening. No, I don't. No, I don't think we're gonna get that. At this point, I think the Steelers have a better chance. I was just gonna say, I don't that. Yeah, you guys. Never thought I'd say that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anything to say before we sign off? No, I'm excited. Football. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Be sure to share the show with anyone you think may be interested in it. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time with another episode.